Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Bram Hillsman, host of the popular Warriors Huddle podcast. During our conversation, we broke down what the Warriors are thinking of doing with their number two pick in Wednesday's draft. Bram, thank you so much for for joining me back on the podcast. Um, I have to I have to admit to our listeners, I pushed this guy off several times today uh, to finally record, just because life is crazy right now. Uh, you know, we had we had the doldrums of quarantine for what felt like forever, and then now this week, I just don't have enough time in the day. You know, trying to analyze every angle of what they're going to do in the NBA draft on Wednesday what they're going to do with that number two pick as well as their two second round picks. And then we have free agency starting two days later. And then obviously the specter of what the Warriors could do with the $17 million trade exception. So there's just so much to talk about. I'll give you both crap and credit. Let's start with the crap. Nothing makes a guest feel more important than getting bumped a couple of time slots down. So I definitely appreciate that, but credit I am so nervous, so excited, so locked in to what the Warriors might do tomorrow that if you'd put me off 12 hours today and then ultimately brought me in, I would have, you know, I would have like complained and stuff, but I still would have showed up because I need to know, man. So it's all good. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm, I'm I wouldn't say nervous because I'm not like emotionally invested like that, but I'm just so curious to see what's going to happen because I, I do think that Bob Myers is going to do something that could end up surprising us I think there's just so many different paths that they can go with this I think um, I think there's so many different trade scenarios that you could break down there's so many different possibilities so one thing I I do feel confident about is that they're going to be able to get more than one asset with that with that uh, number two pick I do feel like they're going to be able to get the best of both worlds potentially in terms of getting someone who can help you right away, like a a more experienced proven rotation guy, specifically a front court player. um, And also a lottery pick that you can use um, on someone who you can develop over the next few years. Um, So I just, I just finished writing my big kind of breakdown of what the latest Intel is out of warriors camp in terms of what they're thinking now, let me preface this all with saying there has been more noise coming out of the Warriors than I think any other team in the NBA. We've heard so many conflicting reports about what the Warriors are thinking. I can only tell our listeners that I've co- this is my fifth year covering the beat. I know these guys. I have relationships with them. I, I don't have any reason to not trust the information I'm getting. So I stick by anything I've been reporting. Um, and the stuff we'll break down is all stuff that, um, you know, I've, I've gotten fresh, you know, some of this stuff, I was literally on the phone earlier this morning with people just trying to understand what their thoughts are on Wiseman and and even LaMelo Ball. Um, so Bram just has more of a, as a, as a fan of the team, as someone who has a podcast, but, you know, got the podcast going because you're a diehard fan of the team what what are you wanting to see the warriors do tomorrow like what would your what would be your best case scenario best case scenario um hard question to answer because there seems to be such a lack of concrete information when it comes to this draft right so i want to believe in wiseman 
Um, and here's why. And I, I, I'm not even going to say I think he's going to be a best case scenario because we haven't been able to see him play enough. But the Warriors are trying to do two things at the same time. It's what makes them remarkable in this draft. They're both trying to get an impact player who can help them next year and win a championship immediately. And they're trying to get somebody who Steph can pass the baton to. And if I really squint and go crazy optimistic and look through rainbow colored lenses, I can, I don't know, see, pretend, at least come up with a scenario where Wiseman hits both of those boxes. He comes in next year. He's a rim runner. He protects the, uh, he protects the paint and is basically like a fancy JaVale McGee, which helps us hopefully get back into title contention next year. And then if we fast forward five years, his skill set really comes in and he becomes more of a Chris Bosch and we can build around him. I, I have not seen him play longer than 40 seconds. So, you know, I've watched the same videos everyone else has. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that's what I am hoping might happen. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of Warriors fans are trying to sell themselves on Wiseman right now, partly because it feels like every single mock draft has the Warriors taking Wiseman and and there's just been so much speculation for months now that they're going to take Wiseman. Now, I know I have not necessarily been on the Wiseman train for a long time. Um, I've voiced what I believe are the Warriors, uh, the Warriors skepticism about him. Uh, they have concerns about taking a big man that early, spending that kind of money on a big man who can't really make, play make necessarily, can't really create for himself. Um, to me, you know, he looks like a guy who's going to be a really solid NBA starter for a long time. Now, do I think he's going to end up being a total bust at this point? Having watched considerable film at this point, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think he'll be a good NBA player for a long time. Will he live up to the value of a potential number two pick? I'm not sold on that. Um, he, to me right now, he slots in as like a better version of JaVale McGee. You know, he's a rim runner, a guy, a lob threat, a guy who can who can work off pick and rolls. Um, he's a decent interior defender. I think I think his instincts are questionable. I think his IQ isn't – basketball IQ isn't the greatest right now. But I think he's got the physical tools to be a really good uh, defensive player in the NBA. Um, so from what I've heard from the Warriors about Wiseman specifically – is that their eyes were really open during their uh, most recent during their workout with him a few a few weeks ago in Miami? Um, they came away really impressed. I know they went into it kind of skeptical, um, but they came away impressed. He eased a lot of their concerns. Um, they like his makeup. They like who he is as a person. Um, he's a high character kid who doesn't get into trouble. Um, so that's important when you're talking about the potential number two pick in the draft and potential building block going forward. Um, I don't think they're sold on him, but I do think that if they end up keeping the number two pick, just because they don't find a palatable trade offer that they probably will end up taking him at number two. And I think that's largely because um, it's looking more and more like Edwards is going to go uh, number one to Minnesota. Now I've, said all along that makes the most sense he, sh he should go number one in my opinion to minnesota i think they've had a lot of smoke screens on their part trying smoke signals on their part trying to kind of um confuse 
teams like the Warriors and the Hornets. Um, you know, there was speculation coming out recently that they could take him at, take Wiseman at number one. And then it comes out yesterday from Wiseman. I haven't even worked out with them. I've only worked out with the Hornets and Warriors. It's pretty clear that Wiseman wants to go to Golden State and then would be okay going to Charlotte. He does not want to go to Minnesota. You, you can't blame him. Why would you want to go play with Carl Anthony Towns when you're James Wiseman? Of course. Um, and you've said so many things that I'm interested in, man. Let me fire up some follow-ups just really quickly. Um, one, and so you saying it uh, isn't breaking new news. You are, you are repeating what a lot of the other people have said. When we look at the film, nobody jumps off the page, including Wiseman at two. After you've looked at these guys, is there anybody's skill set that you think is worthy of a top you know, one or two pick in the NBA draft right now? It's so hard to say. I mean, in, in a stronger draft, the the James Wiseman's and the Lamella Balls and the Anthony Edwards of the Worlds would, would would not even go in the top three. They would yeah. go like, you know, more toward the mid lottery. Um, this is just the this is not I think this is a deep draft. I think there's a lot of talent in this draft. I just don't think there's that high level talent. There's not um, you know, the the difference between the guy who could go number one and the guy who could go go ten in this draft is honestly negligible. That's how, that's how weird this draft is. Makes sense. Um, so that being said, now can LaMelo Ball, Wiseman or Edwards become perennial all-stars? Yeah, they can't, but um, it's just not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of things need to happen for them to tap in to those ceilings because they all have significant flaws, you know, more flaws than, than most teams would be comfortable with for a potential number one pick. Um so that all being said, it's becoming increasingly clear to me that the Warriors want to trade back, um, and that's plan A. Plan A huh. is to is to trade the number two pick um, for a, a proven rotation player but specifically uh, a front court player now whether that's a four or five whatever ideally it'd be a five uh but someone who, who they can slide into that rotation and they know is going to be helpful from day one um as well as uh, an early lottery pick um you know early to mid lottery pick you know it depends on how good the other player they're getting is uh but um you know, to me, I've looked at so many different possibilities, so many different scenarios. I had a huge piece that dropped yesterday analyzing whether or not they should trade the pick. And I broke down all the different options and I broke down the cases for and against them. So I covered a lot of bases in that. And in, and in my research, what I found was the thing that makes the most sense, I think, is just trading down a spot or two. Um, I think trading down to number three, to Charlotte makes a lot of sense. We know that Charlotte really likes James Wiseman. They want James Wiseman. They think he's the guy. They have probably the worst center rotation in the NBA. James Wiseman could come in from day one, be the unquestioned starter, and hopefully become a face of that franchise. Perfect. They they think he's the future of their franchise. So trade you could trade down potentially to number three to Charlotte and get and and you package the number two pick with probably Kavon Looney for the number three pick as well as miles bridges um and miles bridges is a is a good young player um i don't think he's a future all-star or anything but i think he's a guy who could come in from day one and eat up 
20, 25 minutes a night, be your seventh, eighth man, play meaningful playoff minutes if you need him to. Um, and I think that's real value. And then you're also, and it, you know, getting the number three pick, which, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to probably take Wiseman there, but you could still get LaMelo if you, if you really wanted to, mm-hmm. or you could get a guy like Denny uh, out of Israel or Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you know, there was interesting, there was an interesting report that came out yesterday from Jonathan Giovanni, who in my experience has been very reliable in terms of his draft coverage. And he said that the Warriors were really impressed with the recent workout with ball and that they could be considering him. I checked with a source today who said that it's true. They were really impressed, Hmm. Um, but that um, their understanding is that it's the ownership that really likes ball specifically, I think, and I haven't heard this, but I, I would guess that, that they're talking about Joe Lacob. I think Joe Lacob really likes ball. Um, now Joe Lacob has been really good about voicing his opinion on this type of stuff, but not necessarily demanding that Bob Myers takes who he wants him to take. Um, he'll ultimately defer to Bob on this. So, uh, is Bob feeling maybe a little bit of pressure from Joe or the ownership group in general to take a guy like ball maybe, but ultimately I don't think that's going to be a deciding factor. Um, so I still don't see them taking ball, um, at number two. We'll have more of my conversation with Bram Hillsman right after the break. I like the idea of moving down. I mean, so if I go back to, you asked me earlier what my ideal scenario is, um, and let me do a better job of kind of explaining where I'm coming from. Um, Top three picks don't happen, right? This will be the third one in my life, hopefully the last one ever for this franchise. And so when you're on this lead up, you know, you got this lottery ticket in your pocket, you want to come away with a sexy player, a franchise changing player. If that player is somebody who's already on a roster, fine. You know, um, if it's if it's a sexy guy in the top three, again, fine. And I'm okay with moving down. But some of the names that come back, for example, Bridges from Charlotte is not that sexy player. Now, I heard you, you know, if if you pair him with LaMelo, you pair him with somebody else. Now you're 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 uh, fixing that need a little bit. But it just depends on how far back they are willing to go. Um, this LaMarcus Aldridge, when, when you started describing what the Warriors want, maybe a, a front court player who can immediately contribute, what I thought that was going to end with is a move all the way back to the Spurs at 11. And I got nervous. That's not what I want. You know, at a, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I didn't, I haven't even written about that or mentioned it in any of my stories just yeah. because I, I don't think it's plausible. And I figure I, I, I would prefer to focus on trade scenarios plausible. that could actually happen. Let me ask you this one. How about number four? Because Wendell Cardell Jr. and Chicago yeah. at number four, that speaks to me, but I don't, I mean, that's, that player speaks to me more so than Bridges does, but is that even a possibility? Is that something that they're yeah, looking Yeah, you, you, you got ahead of me there because uh, that was the next one I was going to bring up. I yeah. think. Of all the trade scenarios I've seen, I think that makes the most sense um, for both teams. Um, Chicago's made it pretty clear they want a playmaker. Um, I'm guessing they they they're fans of Lamelo Ball, um, so they could move up from four to two, draft Lamelo Ball, and uh, the Warriors could get the fourth pick and then Wendell Carter Jr., who was up and down in his first two years in the league as a, as a former lottery guy, top 10 pick. But I think he showed enough last season to believe that he can be a legitimate bona fide 
starting center in this league for a long time. He's good defensively. He plays hard. He doesn't try to do too much offensively. I think he would. he's a good passer for a big man, which is really big for the Warriors system. So I actually think he fits – he would slide in really well as a starting center for the Warriors this season if they got him. I he's love, also only 21 years old, so he has a ton of upside still. I, I love reclamation projects. That's exactly right, um, especially yeah. when it's coming from a franchise like Chicago that's going through a downtime. You know, right. let's bring that dude over here, see what this championship culture can do with the, for his upside, um, and you're still adding a pick at four. That would really speak to me. Yeah, and honestly, no one looked that good in Chicago because Chicago is such a dysfunctional situation. Right. I mean, right. those guys don't even know what they were doing. They didn't even know what they were doing pay, playing for Boylan. Um, so I think he's a guy who could come to a stable environment like Golden State and really thrive and tap into his real, his physical tools and his potential and be a different player than we've seen in Chicago. I, I think, I mean, he looked really good coming into the draft a couple of years ago. I think he's still that guy. Yep. Um, so I love that to me. Just the bigger question is like, would Chicago be willing to do that? Right. Um, they have Kobe white at point guard, you know, are you comfortable taking another point guard when you already have Kobe white who used the first round pick on last year? I mean, to me, Kobe White's not necessarily the guy. Right. Um, and maybe you try to package him or maybe you try to play him with uh, Lamella, who I think can play off the ball a little bit too. So it'll be interesting. I, If I'm the Warriors and I get that offer, you know, barring a, a crazy good offer from another team, I'm probably pulling the trigger um, just because I think it, it, it's everything the Warriors want and need, yep. you know, and they, they'd be really be maximizing – their value there. Um, they also could trade back later in, in the lottery. Um, you know, there's been, there's been talk about maybe like Boston at 14, um, you know, something like that. Um, but when I look at it, I think those two, we just discussed at three and four probably make the most sense. And if you think about it, that's, that's what Boston did a few years ago with Jason Tatum. They had the number one pick. Um, they knew they wanted Jason Tatum. They knew that Jason Tatum was going to be available at number three. So they traded down with Philly who really wanted Marco Fultz and they got a future first round pick out of the deal and they still got the guy they wanted. So, and now they have a bevy of assets going forward, which was a brilliant move on them. And look, Jason Tatum's an all NBA caliber guy now and Marco Fultz is a bust. So, um, you know, the Warriors kind of want to do something like that. Uh, from what I've heard, they're more interested in getting a rotation caliber guy as opposed to like a future asset. You know, a team a team like Detroit, who's at seven, I know they really want to trade up, but they don't really have anyone the Warriors want. I mean, Luke Kennard, I'm good. Like, I mean, there's not really anyone that makes sense for them. I, I dropped Luke Kennard Kennard didn't make my fantasy team. Uh, I remember cutting him about halfway through, so I would not be interested in uh, in dropping down for Luke. Um, if we accept all the parameters that we've been hearing over and over and over again on the lead up to this draft, mainly, and, and you just solidified all of them, there's not a huge difference between one and five. You know, all these guys are, are interchangeable. If that is a foregone conclusion, then of course you're right, man. You know, if they can move down and it's an interchangeable pick and they still bring in a young talent who can help them immediately, that's absolute best case. The thing that makes me nervous or skeptical is, you know, when we have these conversations, Warrior fans or people who cover the team as Warriors uh, reporters, 
we are all openly talking about, well, this draft kind of sucks, you know, like maybe we should move down. I am sure that all the GMs of, you know, Chicago's GM and all the other teams are thinking the same thing, you know, so it, it might be hard to convince them like, oh no, you guys really want to move up here. You know, this, there's some assets. Yeah. I do think there's some teams though that are infatuated with ball. And I do think there's a couple of teams that are pretty infatuated with Wiseman specifically the, the Hornets. Yeah. Um, but there's several teams that are infatuated with ball, and it's not hard to understand why. I mean, he he does things that no one else can do. Yep. His highlights are more impressive probably than anyone else in this draft outside of maybe Edwards, who's a physical freak. Yeah. Um, but what he does in terms of seeing the court and, and his passing ability and his ball handling, it's all incredible. I just have questions about the rest of his game. Sure. And I – if I'm a team that is going to be spending potentially $40 million on this guy in the next few years, I want to believe that he can come in and be a real like face of the franchise. And by that, I mean, not just his ability, but in terms of representing the franchise. And I was on his, his zoom interview a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago, I should say, I wasn't on the one that he did yesterday or today. Um, But I was not impressed. I mean, he's not in, that's honestly the biggest reason why I don't think the Warriors would ever draft him. I just don't think he, fits what they're trying to do i'm not saying he's a bad guy by any means he hasn't been arrested as far as i know or anything but he he just is not someone you necessarily want representing you he just isn't super articulate you know he isn't you know he isn't that guy i watched through that interview at your suggestion we've talked about it a couple times it is not only filled with cringeworthy somewhat awkward moments but the one word that i did not think of as i left that interview session was mature. Um, yeah, he's immature. Yeah, uh, he, he wasn't taking it that seriously. It was what it was. Uh, let me ask you this. So as far as the Warriors approach, how positive are they on what, you know, you, you said before they have, you know, option 1A is moving down, option two. Do you think they have a definitive sense of exactly how they want to do this tomorrow? Or are they going to kind of let events play out and then react as, as it goes? I think that they have, a very detailed plan in place. Um, and, and, and I know that they've already been on the phone figuring out, betting out uh, specific trade scenarios. And I think it might be a situation where they have a couple trade scenarios lined up that they like, huh. and then they watch what happens at number one, just on the off chance that they don't take Edwards. And maybe yep. they seriously consider taking Edwards at two. If, if, if Minnesota, doesn't take Edwards, but assuming Minnesota does take Edwards or whoever they trade the pick to takes Edwards, um, you know, I think they would they would seriously be taking a hard look at those trade scenarios. Now, if there isn't one on the table that is compelling, then they'll probably take Wiseman. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you a little earlier was, you know, going back to that trade scenario with Chicago at four, who would you take at four? Warriors who's left who goes one through three well let's assume that the three big names go in the top three ball Wiseman and Edwards Avija um I've fallen in love with him positional need uh he's his shooting seems to be coming around he seems to really enjoy the culture here and wants to come to Golden State which speaks a lot to me and the Warriors also seem to be mutually interested uh and I've seen his name um higher up draft boards depending on where you're looking. So I'd be fine if he ended up uh, in Golden State. Yeah, I think, and from what I'm hearing, um, he would probably be the guy at four. Um, it'd probably be between him and Halliburton. 
Um, they really like Halliburton, and I really like Halliburton as well. Um, he's so versatile. But um, I think that the upside for a guy like Denny is a little higher, and especially if you're already getting a guy who can help you now, you can kind of that gives you a little bit more luxury to 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 develop, you know, whoever you take with that with that pick. Um, and I think I think Denny is that is that guy. I think he. I mean, I've said it a million times. I th- I look at him as a Danilo Gallinari type. Um, yep. I think he's a better shooter than people give him credit for. Everyone freaks out about the free throw percentage. Well, I will say that in the Israeli league where he played a lot more minutes than he played in the Euro league, his free throw percentage was not bad. Uh, people are focusing on a pretty small sample size in the Euro league. Um, so I think, I think he's a better shooter than people give him credit for. I think he has a higher defensive ceiling than people give him credit for. Um, and he's just so skilled. He's, he's really skilled. And I, I, I just, I like him a lot. Um, I think he would be great value at four. Um, but, you know, the guys they're seriously looking at, if they end up trading down to, you know, anywhere between four and ten, are Denny, Tyrese Halliburton, Devin Vassell out of Florida State they really like. Um, those are the big names I would watch for. Um, if they end up trading, if they end up doing that Boston trade that we had alluded to, uh, trade back to like the late lottery, um, I would see them eyeing a guy like Sadiq Bay out of Villanova, um, who maybe doesn't have the the ceiling some of these other guys have, but he's a guy who who can be helpful from day one. He's a good three point shooter. He's he's sound defensively. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He has that Villanova pedigree. It also doesn't hurt that he's close friends and former roommates with Eric Pascal, who's recommended him to the Warriors Brass. So, um, yeah, that that's that's really that's really kind of what I'm thinking the Warriors are thinking right now in terms of the number two pick. You have brought me on a full journey. So, you know, we rewind this about 25 minutes. I'm waxing somewhat poetic about James Wiseman. If you were to ask me that now, in fact, if we could just edit this towards the top and I could sound a little bit more uh, locked in, that'd be great. Best case scenario for me, Connor, is they move down. They, they do bring in Wendell Carter Jr. And then they use that four pick on either Avija or, I mean, I'd be happy. I think I'd be happy with Halliburton. Um, I would be happy with any of the assets they get it for if they bring back Wendell Carter Jr., honestly. If, if that's the person whom comes out of this draft, then on Thursday, I would be satisfied as a Warriors fan. And just, just since we have a few minutes left, um, I've, I know that the second round has gotten very little chatter just because it's all about the number two pick, understandably. But the Warriors do have two second round picks. Yep. And the Warriors have proven that they can get value out of the second round. Monte Ellis, Gilbert Arenas, uh, Draymond Green. Uh, Eric Pascal just last year. Um, what would you like to see them do with those two picks? Do you want to see them keep them both? Do you want to see them try to trade up into the early second round? Do you want to see them do a draft and stash situation? You talk me into a draft and stash. Um, and for anyone who listened to our podcast last week should know exactly where we stand on this, uh, especially if they add multiple assets in the first round. If this plays out the way that we just talked about, then they don't need to bring in somebody immediately with a second round pick. And I would be fine on a wait and see kind of approach. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a few international prospects that are going to be available in the mid to late second round who have a chance to be helpful NBA players and given their financial situation and given their roster crunch, it doesn't make sense to keep both of those second round picks. Um, I would, I would like to see them keep one of them if they can get like a, one of these proven college players, like a, 
like Bay out of um, out of Colorado. I really like him. Uh, maybe even a Peyton Pritchard at Oregon. Um, there's there's a few other guys like that that I think could could be solid 14th, 15th guys next year. Yep. Um, but you know, there's no there's literally no need to keep both second round picks. In fact, I think the odds of that happening are close to zero. So uh, odds are they'll probably be introducing two players. Uh, maybe a third if the draft and stash guy is around uh, uh, at, at their presser on Thursday. Here's my last random question that is not founded in fact, only in rumor, although I love rumors. One of the things we've been hearing is that Harden wants out and that Brooklyn may be a destination. Uh, do you think that that's a possibility? And if so, which of those players becomes remarkably unhappy first if he goes there? Uh, I just saw a report from from this guy who not even from like a major site who was reporting that, that they basically agreed to terms on a deal to send Harden to the nets. I don't know if that's true. Um, if it is, it's interesting. Um, you know, in the NBA at the end of the day, superstars get what they want. Uh, superstars run the league as they should, because they drive all the, the revenue. Um, they're way more important than, than the, general manager and the coach and even the owner. Uh, and so if he wants to play with his best buddies in, in, uh, in Kyrie and in Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, that's probably going to happen. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. I, I, I feel like Durant and Harden are going to be okay because they have the history in OKC and I think they have a true friendship. I'm not sure if Kyrie and Harden will totally coexist since they both love the ball in their hands it'll be interesting i uh, i can't wait to see that drama unfolds if it ultimately happens i wish I, if it does happen i wish i could see right now be a fly in the wall for conversations between Kyrie and kd because he's got to be like saying no no no, it's fine we'll all be boys but there's no way that Kyrie isn't worried about uh how the power dynamic plays out but we'll wait and see another thing to look forward to Bram, I know you got a, I know you got an appointment you got to jet off to, but thank you so much. And you know, it'll be interesting to to look back on this pod in a couple of days and see how right or wrong we were. Oh yeah, I mean, it may be a couple hours before we were proven remarkably wrong. I would try to get this out as quickly as you can, man. Uh, but no, the pleasure was mine. I appreciate it, and it was worth the wait. Our thanks to Bram Hillsman for joining me on the podcast. Always appreciate his Warriors insight. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 